Hi, I'm Michael Sunoff, founder and CEO of HardToFindSeminars.com. For the last five years, I've interviewed the world's best business and marketing minds. Along the way, I've created a successful publishing business, all from home, from my two-car garage. When my first child was born, he was very sick, and it was then that I knew I had to have a business that I could operate from home. Now my challenge is to build the world's largest free resource for online downloadable MP3 audio business interviews. I knew I needed a site that contained strategies, solutions, and inside angles to help you live better, to save and make more money, to stay healthier, and to get more out of life. I've learned a lot in the last five years, and today I'm going to show you the skills you need to survive. You're not worried about those people who don't need your services. You're only worried about the people who do. Okay. And the difference between paying all your bills and living the lifestyle you want is only having one and a half to two percent of those people raising their hand out of a hundred. Hi, this is Michael Sunoff with HardToFindSeminars.com. Here's another flash consult with a lady named Beth Boyer. Beth contacted me looking for some additional help on how to get started in the information products business. I hope you learn from this recording and enjoy. We're just going to talk and I'll see if I can give you the best advice I know how on whatever you're doing. Did you jot down or take any notes or any specific things that you're finding challenging? Any ideas? I'm kind of going two different directions without a direction at the same time. And that's my biggest thing. Number one, I want to work from home. I want to work for myself. I have a lot of knowledge, not a lot of knowing how to apply that knowledge. So we'll start at ground zero. You want to work from home. Are you currently working right now? I work part-time because I have to, not because I want to. What are you doing? I am a bookkeeper. That is my forte. I've done it for 20-some-odd years. So Always working for someone else? Always. Well, I didn't serve hand while I raised my kids. Other than that, yeah, and even then I did home business typing and that kind of stuff. I've always stayed in the business world. That is what I know. I am also in a program. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but it's Manitash. Yeah, I saw your website. The only reason I'm in that is because I 110% support their product. I've not made much. I have one person under me, which is great and wonderful, but... Basically, what I want to do with that is make people knowledgeable. That's my main point. If it turns into money maker, great. But you had a good experience with the product. And not only that, I see what it can do for a lot of people, but people don't know things. We are really misled, and what I want to do is educate people. I can do that in two ways, one with this product and also with the business knowledge that I have. I am just truly amazed at how much people don't really know. That's right. A lot of people have no clue about business. Exactly. They really don't. You know, they walk blindly, and they think they're doing the right thing. And I know I've done it myself. That's probably why I know as much as I do. No. Where did you gain your business knowledge? Just by being around it? From the old school of hard knocks. I do also have a business and a technical degree as well. Got later in life. But primarily, basically from hands-on. I'm from the days of when computers were not in everybody's office. Matter of fact, the home computer was just not even thought of. And I took offices that didn't have computers, got them set up so that everybody did have them on their desk, even though I really didn't know what I was doing. Just I like technology. 
Are you so, pretty computer savvy yourself? Right, yes. Okay. I, I can say very. I don't know anybody is very. I can do some programming. My real forte, if you will, are spreadsheets and databases. We'll talk about all your skills and stuff, but what does Beth really want to do? I really, I don't know. That's why I'm not making any money. Let me ask you, how much would you like to make? And don't say as much as I can. Where, if you're comfortable, can you set a realistic goal in dollars? I have realistic goals set, in fact. What my goals are are this that by March of 2006, I want $100,000 to pay off all of my debts. Because I have two kids getting ready to start college. I know that by May, I'm going to have to have a substantial amount saved. Where do they want to go? My son, who will be senior this year, his primary objective is Stanford University, okay, or Duke, or MIT. Where are you in Alabama? I'm in northern Alabama. Yeah, I went to the University of Alabama. Oh, did you? Yeah, I graduated from the university. Yeah, well, he's looking possibly at Auburn as a local school, but that's the lowest on his list. I looked at his list this morning going, oh, my God. But the thing is, is he could very well qualify for these schools, so it's is a realist thing. It's not just a pipe dream for him. He is going to a preparatory school right now that he got himself into. He wants to go into law. He's not going to leave for San Jose in about seven days, and he's spending the time with them. My daughter is a dancer. She wants to be professional. She's 15. Currently is in Houston, Texas, and she's going to an intensive dance summer program and hopes not just coming school year, but the following year, go to a year-round dance program. I'm looking at losing both my kids basically to college the same year. <laughs> yeah. What's your husband do? He is an electrical engineer and travels the country, and I don't travel with him. That's all he knows. That's what he's done. That's what he's comfortable with, and he thinks I'm totally out of my mind. I let him think that. That's okay. You see, you got two kids going to college. You want something to definitely keep busy and oh, yeah. put some time and effort and do something you enjoy. All right, now let's talk about your skills and what you're really good at, some specifics, okay? And you've already told me something really important that you want to teach, and it sounds like you've got some passion behind you and you like to teach and you have the ability to teach, right. and what I'm thinking for you, maybe we can find something that you're already very good at that you could teach other people and make some good money at the same time. That would be nice. I haven't found something that a million other people aren't doing. <laughs> well, sometimes when a million other people are doing it, other than the multi-level, sometimes that means something. But there could be a million other people doing something, and you could still do it, but you're just going to do it better than any of them. Right, and that's what I want. I want to be that one that stands out. I don't want to just do it with every other Jack and Joe out there. That's right. But you know what? There's other million people doing it. You just be the best at it, and all those other million people are doing advertising for you. Yeah, that's true. You know, on a small scale. So you can look at it that way. Sometimes yeah. the crowded places are good places to go to. But we can talk more about that. Did you grow up in Alabama? No. Where are you from? I was born in California, raised in Colorado. Got married, left and went to the northwest, then I moved to the southwest, and now I'm in the southeast. We actually lived in Fort Worth, Texas, when my kids were real, real small. Then he got this job here in Alabama, and I said, you're crazy. You're moving me to Alabama. So he's <laughs> been moving him. around. Yeah, this is a long time ago. This was like 12 years ago. That's when my son started kindergarten. I said, well, that's it. You're on your own now. They're not moving around. So this is where I'm at. This is also where I want to get out of. <laughs> get stuck here. Where do you want to go? I don't know where the ideal places are to go. The one place that keeps coming back to my mind, though, is I want to go to Tucson, Arizona. 
Because, number one, I've got to be in the south. I have to be where it's warm. Don't want to go anywhere where it snows. And I'd like to be near water, but I don't have to be on water. But I just want a comfortable little place where I can just piddle around and do whatever I please. I don't need anything extravagant. I just want to be able to pick up and go when I want and do what I want. No big deal. If you were to go somewhere, what about your husband's job? That's all comes with time. If I can get something that generates enough income, he can get out of the rat race that he's in. Is he not into it? He's into it because he's a workaholic. That's all he knows. I think if he was shown another way and it was proven to him, especially through me, the one person in this world he actually trusts, I could probably make some changes that would be healthy for us. That's kind of the direction I'm headed with that. Right now, he's a question mark. You've got a nut to cover. You've got a mortgage or a bill which you have to get covered so you can survive, right? Right. How much are you talking about there, excluding college and stuff? Right. Just survival. Insurance, cars, do you need to make five grand? I don't have that. I will have it. Let's just put a ballpark together at $10,000 a month. Okay, ten grand a month. Not more than that, but maybe less than that. All right, let's talk about best strengths. You were telling me you moved around a lot. What's some of the jobs you were doing that you were talking school of hard knocks? What were some of those hard knocks that you learned lessons from that you gained experience from that you could share with me? Okay. Well, number one, I go back to the computer thing again. I have always been into the keyboard, so to speak. I was never interested really in the mainframe. I wanted that user-friendly, let's explain simple, point blank to everybody that's around me. And so what I would do is I'd take the Lotus book, for instance, and I'd read it from front to back. I'd play with it. I'd make it do what I wanted it to do. The software. Right, software. And I am a software person. And so I trained the bookkeeper. Look what you can do. Before I knew it, I had her hook. Showing the power within that software. The technology. So you did what 99.9% of the people would never do. You actually read the book. I read the book. I plugged in the computer. And I showed them how, but this is probably my strongest position that I left. When I left there, there was a computer on every desk. When I got there, there was one little lonely old computer sitting in a room all by itself. Now, where is there? There was at Oprah's Corporation in Phoenix, Arizona. What were you there, the bookkeeper? Some kind of clerical something or other. I don't even remember. That was many, many years ago. But, and I wasn't clerical. I didn't type in that kind of stuff. But he was just sitting there, and I just would pick up the book. I took it home. I read it. I played with it. Do you like that stuff? I loved it. That's what I like to do. What do you like about that? I don't know. <laughs> do you like figuring out how to make things work? I guess it's just the power of being able to make it work. The you power know? of being able to make it work or uncovering the power within the software. Exactly. Just see, okay, what can it really do? And that's what I liked about getting my technology degree, was learning how to even create more power. And it's not that I'm power-oriented. It's just that that's available. Use it. And people don't. No, they don't. That's a gift. A lot of people can do that and read through that book. You'd have to torture me to get me to sit down and have the ability to sit and read through a manual on how to operate a piece of software. I've never done it. I'll just play around with it and just do enough just to get by probably 1% or 2 or 3%. I'm sitting here taking notes on my Microsoft Works program that I had 10 years ago because that's what I learned how to do. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. What's a piece of software you know backwards and forwards right now? One that's current. Excel. Okay, you know Excel backwards and forwards. I have Excel, and I probably know only about 2% of how to use that thing. Oh, man. And it's a powerful piece it's of software. It's powerful. So I use it for everything in my life. Tell me about what do you use it for? I use it for my personal budget. I use it at work. I do a lot of tracking, like, for instance, when I make my calls for Manatech. I track how many calls I want to make, how many calls I actually make, how many people I talk to, how many I connected with at an appointment with, and how many weren't interested. 
And at the bottom of that sheet, there are percentages that tell me exactly where my business is going. Is it easy to set up once you know how? Exceptionally easy. And what does that do for you, showing you those percentages? It's a motivator. It really is, because I get on there and I watch those numbers grow. And that's my only purpose for it. It's just a self-discipline thing, if you will. What else can you use Excel for? Okay, I use Excel for any kind of budget you want to do. Tell me about that. For instance, my home budget. I track all of my monthly expenses. I know exactly where every penny of this household money goes. It's important, right? Very important. Why is it important? Because I want to know where it's going. I want to know where I need to cut back and where I need to spend more. I also want to know how much price of gas is actually going up every month. Have you in your life not tracked your budget? Oh, man, yeah. And what happens when you don't do it? I kind of think when I haven't, it's probably been 20 years since I haven't. I've always tracked it. If everyone tracked their budget, what do you think that would do for someone? It's a realization check. For instance, many people I know that eat out at least once a day, most twice a day. If they knew how much money they were spending on each meal for a month, as opposed to the cost of going to the grocery store, buying preparations, and to give those to, look at how much money they would save and where could that money go. That's just one common example. There's a billion others. Tell me more about the budget. You set up categories and columns and fields for all the different categories. Does Excel have a budget already in there? I mean, like a template budget? I don't use one. I set up my own because I know how. I'm sure they might be in there. I don't know. I'm not into tutorials. To me, when you go in and you use what is existing, I might take that and play with it on some programs, not Excel, I don't, but others I think I have, like email programs and stuff. I'll go in there and use part of what they have, but I know how to manipulate it to do more custom to what I want. And another thing that I do is I also track our credit. In other words, I know what condition our credit is and how much our percentage rates are, how much is being paid towards principal and how much towards interest, what the balance is after I've made that payment before I get my statement. So I use it for everything. At my job, I just finished with an after-school program. I work for the school system, and we got a grant for an after-school program from the federal government. The school system did. The school system did. So anyway, the program was four years. I set up everything on a computer to the point where I set my hours basically to four hours a day. And mm -hmm. I could track every student activity they were in, what every teacher taught, how many days they were gone, how many days they were there. Same with the students. I could track anything that you'd need to put into any federal report, which I don't know if you know anything about those, but they're really intense. Anything I needed to know, all I had to do was click a button. And I used that between spreadsheets and database. What would someone do if they got a grant but no one did this? Oh, it's a long paper trail. The government requires some organization for this, right? Right, and most of the programs don't have anything as detailed as mine. And mine was probably very simple. I mean, there wasn't anything to drive against. It was just a tracking system. So that all I had to do was punch in Joe Smith, and I knew everything about Joe Smith. For that school system, by having your detailed work, that tracking, how did the school system benefit from that? They have everything on record they could ever want. And they not only have it on the computer, but they have it in paper form. And why is that good? Why is that good? You come back and audit us 10 years from now and say, wait a minute, there's no information on this. What is this? If the government comes it? back and audits, does that happen? Oh, yeah. What do you know about that? Fortunately, this is at a federal level, so chances are it will never happen. But anything on a state level can be audited at any time. Any grants, right? Any grant whatsoever. So they want to make sure that the state is spending the grant properly. Yeah, they have to know those funds are being spent 
in accordance with the grant and state or and or federal guidelines. What would you say out of all the grants that are given, how many people really have a system organized like that, detailed like that? A lot of people purchase them. They purchase software that will do a lot of the tracking for them. A lot of them think they're keeping things more up to date than they are just by doing the paper trail, file everything, which I do that too. This way, I have personally made sure that every person that was ever involved in our program is accounted for. Tell me what else you use Excel for in your life. It makes life easier. Your budget? You use it at work for this grant. You gave me that example. You use it for monitoring your interest rates with your mortgage payments. What else is really cool about Excel? How about managing a database? Yeah, I do that. I load everything. That's like all the leads that I have that come in. Whether they come in Excel format or not, they all get put there. And I do that for downloading or uploading, actually, into email programs. That way, if you put it in Excel, you can transfer it into any format that you want to. I use that distinct purpose, especially when email is concerned or downloading or uploading, because Excel can be changed into a web page, a Word document. It can be changed into any format that you need. Whatever you need, you can do that. The database can. Well, that is that. And the thing is, is you can take that and upload it into a database, and that's the other thing I do use it for. What are some of your favorite things about it, besides some of the stuff we talked about? Anything else, because that pretty much covers what Excel does. All right, so you are an Excel expert. Of course, yeah. I don't call myself an expert in anything. You're an Excel expert, I'm telling you. They do great charts, by the way, too, for presentations and that kind of thing. I forgot about that part. Excel can be used in almost any business. Yeah, it can, and it should be. If a business administrator or owner could operate Excel at the level you operate, which you're probably operating at somewhere between 80 and 90%, would you say? Oh, yeah. Maybe you're operating at 95%. I would guess, what do you think most people are operating Excel at? Oh, maybe 20%. For more interviews like this, please go to hardtofindseminars.com. 20%. And look at the power. I mean, the tools that that thing can do for a business who's doing direct mail or email marketing or tracking all that, that's like having full-time employees almost. Well, it is. It really is. Once it's set up and it's working, all you need is somebody to put in data or get your data from someplace else and put it in there yourself. It's not hard to do. How about sorting data? It's one of my most favorite features about it. All right, let's say I gave you a database of 100,000 names. Uh-huh. What could you do with that data? Could you look at that data by using some of the features in Excel? Could you learn something from that list just by having the data? Let's say it's not organized in any way, but I gave you names, addresses, phone numbers, streets, city. Well, I guess, of course, the more data you have, the more yeah. you can do with it. Yeah. Well, whether it's in a database or an Excel format, you can sort it in any way you want to. If you need to know how many people are purchasing this one product, you can sort by product. If you need to know a certain area or a certain region, you can sort by that. Whatever your data can you delete double records with the click of a button? Yeah. That's Excel. We're going to come back to that, okay, because I've got a lot of ideas for you right there. Right, what else are some hard knock stuff that you talked about that you learn in business? Well, a lot of it comes with just the process of age of computers. And like I said, I came from what was known as the Mad Card era. And I don't know how old you are if you even know what that is. Mag card? Mag card. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. It was a little magnetic card that you stuck into something that now looks like a CPU. And that little card held all the bits of data. For instance, like for now, it would be a word processing program. That's all it would do. That's all it did. I came from that, which was big-time technology when I started that. And like I said, I watched the evolution of computers. I watched things where the mainframe was the big thing to a PC on every desk. 
Like, for instance, when Word Perfect first came out over 20 years ago, that was big time stuff, and it was hard to learn. It's a very, very complicated program. Did you learn it? Of course I did. Yeah, I'm determined I'm going to learn it, and I wanted to learn it because it was more than typing. It was a program. It was a way to process information a lot more efficiently, and I'm into efficiency. You know, anything that makes anything more efficient, that's what I go out to learn, and that's what I mean by the School of Hard Knocks. It wasn't hard. It was fun. But it wasn't go to a classroom and pick up a textbook and this week you're going to learn this. It was let's learn everything I can as fast as I can so I can make something happen. I'm that way with just about everything. Anything else you can think of that you want to add besides your obsession with efficiency? I believe in organization efficiency and what I call organized chaos. Too much organization can get really boring and I don't do one thing at one time. My son thinks I'm crazy because I'll be sitting here listening to BD on the phone and doing something else all at the same time. But that's how I operate. So I keep myself constantly busy with the same boring stuff, and it's not boring anymore. What really bores you? Sitting idle. I cannot sit still. Have you always been like that? Yes. Even when you were a kid? Even when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, I was basically mother of four. So that may have been where all this started. Somehow I was one of those that got four hours a night of sleep. Homework was not the priority. It was making sure I had a place to be after all the kids were picked up and my job to go to. And that was a whole different lifetime ago. But like I said, that may have been where it all came from. That and I have some fantastic, bless their hearts, God rest their souls, grandparents. Your grandparents. My mom and dad missed the train somewhere. But my grandparents were out of this world. They were from the buggy and days, the first car that was the big to do, the big Ford. But these people were amazing people. I have to say that some of the stock was passed down because when I could watch my grandmother, which I don't have this trait myself, but she used to amaze me. She could take two sticks from the yard and create this masterpiece. I can't do that. But I do it in my own way. You know, I'm watching a lot of the things that I thought so greatly of my grandparents, and I'm looking at myself going, I have those traits, not in the same thing. And it's cool watching my kids. I mean, there's got to be something because I've got two out-of-this-world teenagers supposed to be the hardest time in life, and it's wonderful. And they're doing great. Oh, they're fabulous. I have fun, and I don't do boredom real well. I do unexpected exceptionally well. And like this call, I was in no way prepared for. But, you know, I'm talking a lot more than I thought I would. You have some great skills. So now I have an idea. You can teach. You're definitely passionate, okay? Now, you've got to claim something. What I would do, first of all, there's nothing better than selling information. So look at how you were led to that process, buying information. The reason you want to sell information or develop and create your own information product based on some expertise that you have and something that you enjoy and are passionate about, and you've got all those, you've got a clear expertise. First of all, to name it, you've got to claim it. What are you? Who are you? What's unique about you? So you've got to give yourself a title. You've got to claim yourself as an expert, whether it's the efficiency expert or the Excel expert. You've got to decide what is your product and what is it going to do. Let's say you are an expert at training $200,000 CEO secretaries on how to be more efficient operating Excel. So let's say you had high-end secretaries who are working for millionaires all over the country, and I'm sure there's plenty of them, where you come in and train them, whether it's online or through the phone. You don't even have to fly. It can all be done over the phone and through the Internet with some of the software programs. you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. You could sit on your butt right in your home and be training high-end secretaries, high-end people who are using Excel to optimize it. And you can charge a lot of money for that. 
I do know what you're saying. I don't know how to go over Anyone who is operating Excel today, whether they're working for a trillionaire, a millionaire, a hundred thousandaire, whatever, needed help in Excel, and they came to you, you could help them, couldn't you? I could. Without a doubt. Yes. Now, how would you do that? If I called you and said, I need help with Excel, you know, my boss is on me, what process would you do? Forget money. Let's say you were going to do it for free. What would we do first for you to train me? Understand where they're at. Okay, so I would tell you what I'm doing, where I'm at, and then I would tell you where I want to go. Exactly. To do the technical training. Do you have any tools and ideas that would allow you to do it right from your home with me right now if we both have computers? I do it over the phone. So I haven't really gotten into the video thing yet or any of that. I know much about that. I couldn't. I have. I've done a lot of over the phone at work. People don't know how to do something and they'll call me and they'll ask me. There's a company called Glance Networks. Glance Networks. It's like you're glancing over my shoulder. So if we both sign in, you take control of my computer screen. You have your Excel open. We're both online, and I'm watching every move you make on the computer and we're on the phone. That is so cool. Would that work? Yeah. And Glance is just one of them. I've heard of those. Again, I have not investigated those. Tools are where it's at. You, oh, I mean, you yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. And there's also TC anywhere. So anywhere you have the ability to show someone what's on your screen anywhere in the world. And you have the phone. So you have your tools to do training. Now all you got to do is get them to come to you and say, I need help, right? Exactly. How do we get your message and your expertise to them to let them know that you have a skill that they need and they want? That's one stuff. I'm not into advertising or marketing yet. I'm trying really hard, and it's like the salesperson of old going, no! <laughs> well, it's really not complicated. It's really easy. I've asked you a lot of questions, and we're recording the call. I could edit this and go through the questions that all relate to Excel, a little bit about you, a little about your history, and I could come up with maybe 15, 20 minutes on what makes you an expert at Excel, just through, I've probably asked you about 100 questions already. Have you listened to, seen any of my audio recordings up on my site? Yes. Did you listen to anything or just? I listened to one yesterday, in fact, about the pen. Oh, about the pen. So the invisible ink pen? Yes, the invisible ink. I was laughing at that. But. Did you hear me doing the calls? Yes, I did. Was it funny? Yes, it was. Uh, you're quick on the draw, let me tell you that. That's the one thing I cannot do. I'm too nice. I listen too closely, and that's why I don't make sales. No, that's okay. I don't like making sales like that. It's not something I choose to do. No one likes making cold calls like that. I know they don't. The people that I work with, or we kind of help each other out anyway through this, none of us do. But if you could do it, if it didn't bother you, I was just demonstrating, if you're willing to do it, this can be done. We must have been on the phone no longer than 15 minutes. And right. you heard him calling back. Two of those calls, we never talked to those people, resulted in orders. Do you remember him calling saying, Mike, I got my first order? Remember that guy Abraham we talked to? Yes. That was one of the calls we called. And then there was another call that ordered another 200 pins too. So the purpose of that was to show someone, here's the calls, and then you heard Wayne calling me back saying, I got two orders from those 15 minutes of calls worth 400 bucks. I try and demonstrate in a lot of my recordings. I did do that when I first got started and I was selling pins. That's what I did. I hit the phones like that for hours and hours a day. I can call and talk to people. Mm. I don't have any problem picking up the phone. My problem is I can't tell them. They have to see it. They have to believe in it. And that's what good marketing is about. We were doing cold calls, the hardest selling there is. Oh, yeah. The call I heard. <laughs> okay, that's as hard as it gets. That's Good marketing brings them calling you. That's what I want. I want them calling me and them requesting information from me. That's right. That's doable. So if I called you and said, I heard you're an efficiency excerpt with Excel, you wouldn't have to think about what to say, would you? 
No. You're already passionate. It's ingrained in you. You're excited about it. That all will come through. Just as when I was talking to those people about my invisible ink pens, and I know I totally believe in the product. I've sold thousands and thousands of them, and it wasn't hard for me. It just came natural. To you, it seemed like, God, I could never do that because you didn't have the intimacy with the product. Exactly. Just like me trying to sell someone on the efficiency of Excel. I always have no idea what to say. I don't know it. But you do. That's why it's real important when you have something you know and you're intimate about, you don't have to think. So we know that you could help someone. Your marketing message is really just a story. Let me try and sum it up simply. How are you going to get clients? Well, first of all, you have to find a prospect that you think would fit your service. So let's say you're the Excel efficiency expert and you know Excel better than almost anyone in the world. You're a top expert at it and you can come in there and guarantee a 50% increase in efficiency which will result to hours and salary saved. You could come up with the different benefits that a potential client could gain from your expertise, right? Good marketing is taking that message and canning it and cloning it. So let's say you and I organize like in the chapter of a book, an outline of the book of Beth's Excel efficiency system. It takes some time. You got to do research finding out where is the pain in the marketplace, okay? Yes. Where are they having problems? And that takes good research and that could be done finding out where the problems are through good research, and then you're the solution to those problems. But we want common problems that our market is experiencing. So we create a sales message. Now, that sales message could be in the form of an audio interview. Let's say we outline this, and I had all the problems, and we outlined 20 ways to increase your efficiency in Excel. And you and I did an interview, and let's say you could do the program called Camtasia. So you have your Excel spreadsheet open on your computer. Camtasia is a software that allows you to record audio and to record the screenshots and the files end up being pretty small. So it allows you to create a movie of your training, just like Video Professor. You know, you order the CDs. You could do a little 20 questions of ways to increase your Excel efficiency, and you can create a AVI movie or a presentation that someone can watch, just like those multi-level things. You know, they put the little movies. You could do all that, or you could do just audio where you wouldn't need the video part, or you could have transcript and big mistakes most Excel users are making that's costing them a fortune. We structure that, and we do it in audio, like an interview format, and we give them a lot of great advice, a lot of great tips, a lot of tools. We give them some value that they can put in their pocket right there. And then you know most people don't want to take the time to learn, and then you've positioned yourself as an expert, and now the good marketing comes in. We've got to deliver that message to a prospect to a potential list of people. It takes some research. Well, who would that market be? But let's take this for example, and you could do this with any piece of software. Every person who orders Excel, that list is available in the rental market, and you could get what's called hotline lists. You could go to what's called the SRDS, Standard Rate and Data Service. You can find all the recent hotline buyers, people who have purchased Excel, even though geographical location really makes no difference. Let's say you want people anywhere within 250 miles from you and your zip code, businesses that purchase Excel, I don't know what the selects would be. You may be able to get you know, million-dollar corporations, and then you had a mailing list. I don't know what data is available, but the whole idea is you could take your report, 
you know, 10 things secretaries are doing wrong with Excel that's costing them a bundle or do it to the CEO of the company or the president of the company. You could have your report in there. You could have an audio CD or on the CD you could have that video presentation. And then you have a sales letter. And there's your message. So you know if someone's in pain and they get that in audio format, in a sales letter, in a transcript format, or in a video presentation, you give it all different ways. It may cost you two bucks to get the package out. Right. And you get it to them. And you know if they're in pain and they listen to you, you're going to have a customer. Now, good marketing comes in. It's just mathematics, okay? Let's say you tested that list. And let's say the list was people who just bought a premium version of Excel. Does Excel have a high-end version? They probably do. You just have to do some research, find out who would be the best people to mail it to. Would it be the CEOs? Would it be mailing it to males? You can get the demographics. No, no, I think about it. More and more people are having to do their own. They aren't relying on a secretary or somebody to do it. They are relying on themselves to track that data because their boss says that they have to do that. My husband had to learn Excel because of that, because she no longer is a clerical staff. They have somebody who answers the phone, but she's worthless after that. Well, certainly. I mean, the people ordering Excel, they're ordering it for a reason. In the letter, you can hit the hot buttons once you do the research. Are you struggling with the pain of learning Excel because your boss is yelling? You hit all the hot points, but the good marketing is just getting your sales message to a hungry market. Right. Now, the only concern I have, and this is one of the reasons I have not been this direction with anything that I know how to do, is the fact that you've got all these young kids that are anybody who's under 25 has learned Excel through school. that are required to, so they know it. Do they? Yeah, they do. They don't know all the tricks of the trade. They know the basics. They can make anything happen. They have books. They have the training. And it doesn't take but one semester of training to learn Excel. It's like learning how to type. It's the same type of thing. It's come a necessity, but they're teaching that in school. Well, they may learn how to use it 20 or 30 percent. You're not worried about those people who don't need your services. You're only worried about the people who do. Do you see what I'm saying? And the difference between paying all your bills and living the lifestyle you want is only having one and a half to two percent of those people raising their hand out of a hundred. With a list the size of Excel, and I don't know exactly what it was, let's just assume that they have every month, for numbers sake, 50,000 new buyers in the United States. That's every month the hotline because you want to get your message to the people who just ordered it as quickly as possible. They just ordered it. it came, it's probably loaded up on their computer or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Now, you could do a simple letter saying, I understand you just ordered Excel. If you need some help in learning how to use it, give me a call. Call this 24-hour recorded message or go to this website, excelhelp.com. You make your own website, and then you could have your presentation. I understand you just order Excel. My name is Beth, and I'm an efficiency expert when it comes to using Excel. When I first started learning Excel, I had an extremely hard time, but I'm the type of person who actually read the entire book, not once, but three times, and that qualifies me as an expert. And another thing is I love teaching people how to use it. I could show you things about Excel that you would have never dreamed possible, and your boss is going to love you for it. So for a free 15-minute consultation, why don't you give me a call? Here's my number. You'll log in, you'll see exactly what's on my screen, and I'll show you 10 of my most secret tricks about using Excel to make it more efficient, to make your life easier, to make your boss like you more, you know, give you the ability to relax during lunch hour and not stress over entering all this data the hard way. A simple letter like that could keep you busy for years. It's just mathematics. So you find the list of the potential prospect. I'm using this example as Excel buyers. It sounds like the most logical, but it not necessarily is. You can get into specific tasks of who is using Excel. You could probably go to Excel's website, and they probably have all kinds of case studies of who's using it. 
What are they using it for? And let's say you find an article how mortgage broker uses Excel for some really weird, obscure thing. And you could take that story and you could use that as a promotional piece to market to all the mortgage brokers. My name is Beth. I just read a story about this mortgage broker in Houston, Texas, who is using Excel to do this. And did you know he saves this much money per year operating his mortgage business? Well, I'd like to show you how in this free 15-minute consultation. It's just introducing yourself to a prospect who may have pain, just like we're talking now. You saw my recording. You saw one of the pages that offered a free 15-minute consultation, and we're talking now. You just want a chance to get in front of them, whether it's on the phone or whether then to watch your presentation that's been honed and that has been researched and proven. If someone watches that and they're in pain, you've got them. Because I don't know, I haven't done the research, I don't think there's too many people claiming that they're efficiency experts in Excel. And I'm saying it's real important to niche. Pick one thing. Be an expert at one thing. That's your niche. That's your specialty. Beth doesn't know jack about anything else, but when it comes to Excel, you are a wizard. And that's what people want to pay for rather than being a software consultant or an efficiency expert. It's too general. So be specific. And then people remember, oh, Beth, she's the Excel expert. You know what I'm saying? I do. I hear it, yes. Is it kind of coming together a little bit? Yeah, it is. I have all these doubts that that's me. I don't look at myself as an expert in anything like I said. I have a lot of knowledge, and I have good at lots of different things, not great at anything. Now, here's the real important thing. This will determine everything. There are a lot of geniuses out there, a lot of experts in all kinds of things, but they don't believe that they're an expert. And you just said it. It comes down to your confidence. How do you feel about yourself? If you don't believe you're an expert, you may not come across as an expert. I believe you are just from hearing you, just from talking to you. I'll tell you, you can position yourself as an expert, and no one is going to doubt you, and I'm sure you are. If you told me you read that whole book, I'm telling you 99% of the population don't read books like that. That. You know Nightingale Conan, the people yeah. who make all the tapes? 98% yeah. of people never get past the first tape. And 90-some people never get past the first chapter of their book. That is the reality in the world with people today. Most people don't do shit. That's just how it is. You're a rare bird already just by the stuff you've told me. You are an expert. So what's in your head? Can you get the confidence enough about yourself? I think in the position of doing it, it's getting there. I think that's where all my fears actually lie. It's the transformation of going from what I know, taking it, and getting to the point of applying it. I know I can apply it. It's just that huge step in between. And that's what I call marketing. This is real. Suck it in, see what you know. It's that kind of thing. It's not that I really doubt that I could do it, because I don't. I really think I could. Just listening to myself talk to you, obviously I know something. That should give me a little kicker right there. And I could do that easily with anybody. Like I said, I do it now. People call me when they want to know, why did the screen do this? And usually I can tell them why. Check this. I am a user-friendly person. I am not from the programming side. I can program, but I come from the other side, the user end. Most people don't understand the programming side. They don't want to. No, they don't care. And that's where I feel the confidence is the fact that, okay, I can make this person understand from their point of view, not from my point of view and not from the person who wrote this program's point of view, but from theirs. And that's where my confidence lies. Because you've been there. Yeah, and I like being there. It's a comfortable place to be. That's where most people like being. And I like having the knowledge to support that. So everything you're saying sounds wonderful. 
But it's just a matter of doing it. It's just a matter of doing it, and I guess just taking that first step. You may not even know specifically what to do. And I don't. I think that might be it. If you want, I can direct you. I can tell you exactly what you need to do, and if you want, I'll create an audio sales presentation with you. But you're going to have to do the homework, and I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. You're listening to an exclusive interview found on Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. Here's your homework. We need content to talk about in the audio program. What we really need to do is some research on where the pain is when it comes to Excel. Now, here's a couple ideas for you to do. Number one, go to Excel's website and read some of the case stories, some of the unique ways people are using Excel, things that say, wow, that's interesting, and look at who they are and what business they're in and ask yourself, is there a large market for that, or is it a market that has money? Could you teach all of those type people how to do it, you see? All right, that's number one. Number two, go to Amazon.com and type in the Idiot's Guide for Excel or Excel. That existed out there. I wonder if that was. I I bet it's there or Excel for Dummies. Excel Excel for for Dummies. There's got to be something out there. Because (laughs) both those books are written by so-called experts at Excel. And on Amazon.com, you can look at the index of the subjects they talk about. Oh, cool. And look for ideas because they've already done the research for you and putting the book together. Exactly. And you're going to find tips in there. And I want you to pull out really cool stuff that's going to benefit someone who has Excel who's using it for business. It's going to give you ideas of things to talk about in our sales presentation, in our interview, which is disguised as a sales presentation, okay? Okay. That's number two. Go to some Excel user groups, Excel formats. Read through some of the postings. Find out where some of the the most common questions are coming from. This is your market talking. They're going to tell you what they want help with in Excel. What you're doing is you're researching the market. Where are the pains? Where is Excel failing and educating? Where are people frustrated? These are the questions we want to answer. Google Answers is a place you can hire an expert. There's all kinds of researchers. You'll find people who type their questions about Excel. Go to Google, type in the search engine, help with Excel, or question about Excel, you know, keywords that will pull up frustrations, okay? So you're going to collect frustrations. You're going to collect unique uses for Excel with large markets. You're just going to do some homework, and then you're going to organize those for me. Okay. And then I want you to take those frustrations and put them into question form, meaning if someone says, I can't figure out, on how to use the database, you want to give away some great value in this recording, things that are going to blow them away. If they only knew how to do that, they could have been saving. You may have someone who says, I've been entering all my data by hand, typing it into my notepad, and then I've been copying and pasting it into Excel. People that do that. Yeah, you can think of this, 10 stupid mistakes people make using Excel. Write the 10 answers down, and then when we do the interview, we write the answers in question format. So I can do an interview with you on these things, and we'll organize and create create an audio interview. Audio is great. You know, we could give a lot of content with audio without showing the actual screen, but maybe we could even demonstrate it with screen capture, which we could do when we do that as well. Yeah, that would be good. Or what you could do, once we have the audio, you could go play back the audio, open up your Excel, and just follow along as you're listening, you know, and do that later. Yeah. So we can create a very high-impact sales message in the form of an audio recording. I'll edit it for you. So we'll clean it up where it sounds real professional. We'll put an intro, 